Sojourn. Chapter 7. Simmering Rage. On the same morning that Dove's party left on the road to Maldabar, Drizzt set out on a journey of his own. The initial horror of his gruesome discovery the previous night had not diminished, and the drow feared that it never would. But another emotion had also entered Drizzt's thinking. He could do nothing for the innocent farmers and their children, nothing except avenge their deaths. That thought was not so pleasing to Drizzt. He had left the Underdark behind, and the savagery as well, he had hoped. With the images of the carnage still so horribly clear in his mind, and all alone as he was, Driz could look only to his scimitar for justice. Driz took two precautions before he set out on the murderer's trail. First, he crept back down to the farmyard, to the back of the house, where the farmers had placed a broken plowshare. The metal blade was heavy, but the determined drow hoisted it and carried it away without thought to the discomfort. Drizzt then called Gwenhyver. As soon as the panther arrived and took note of Drizzt's scowl, it drooped into an alert crouch. Gwenhyver had been around Drizzt long enough to recognize that expression and to believe that they would soon see battle before it returned to the astral home. They moved off before dawn, Gwenhyver easily following the bar jest's clear trail, as Ugulu had hoped. Their pace was slow, with Drizzt hindered by the plowshare, but steady and as soon as Driz caught the sound of a distant buzzing noise, he knew he'd done right in collecting the cumbersome item. Still, the remainder of the morning passed without incident. The trail led the companions into a rocky ravine and to the base of a high, uneven cliff. Driz feared that he might have to scale the cliff face and leave the plowshare behind, but soon he spotted a single narrow trail winding up the wall. The ascending path remained smooth as it wound around sheer bends in the cliff face, blind and dangerous turns. Wanting to use the terrain to his advantage, Drizzt sent Gwenhyver far ahead and moved along by himself, dragging the plowshare and feeling vulnerable on the open cliff. That feeling did nothing to quench the simmering fires in Drizzt's lavender eyes, though, which burned clearly from under a low-pulled cowl of his oversized knoll cloak. If the sight of the ravine looming just to the side unnerved the drow, he needed only to remember the farmers. A short while later, when Drizzt heard the expected buzzing noise from somewhere lower on the narrowing trail, he only smiled. The buzz quickly closed from behind. Drizzt fell back against the cliff wall and snapped out his scimitar, carefully monitoring the time it took the sprite to close. Tephanus flashed beside the drow, the quickling's little dagger darting and prodding for an opening in the defensive twists of the wavering scimitar. The sprite was gone in an instant, moving up ahead of Drizzt, but Tephanus had scored a hit, nicking Drizzt on one shoulder. Drizzt inspected the wound and nodded gravely, accepting it as a minor inconvenience. He knew he could not defeat the blinding attack, and he knew, too, that allowing this first strike had been necessary for his ultimate victory. A growl on the path up ahead put Drizzt quickly back on alert. Gwenhyver had met the sprite, and the panther, with flashing paws that could match the quickling speed, no doubt had turned the thing back around. Again, Drizzt put his back to the wall, monitoring the buzzing approach. Just as the sprite came around the corner, Drizzt jumped out onto the narrow path, his scimitar at the ready. The drow's other hand was less conspicuous and held steady a metal object, ready to tilt it out to block the opening. The speeding sprite came out toward the wall, easily able, as Drizzt realized, to avoid the scimitar, but in his narrow focus on his target, the sprite failed to notice Drizzt's other hand. 
Drizzt hardly registered the sprite's movements, but the sudden bong and the sharp vibrations in his hand as the creature smacked into the plowshare brought a satisfied grin to his lips. He let the plowshare drop and scooped up the unconscious sprite by the throat, holding it clear of the ground. Gwenhyber bounded around the bend about the same time the sprite shook the dizziness from his sharp-featured head, his long and pointed ears nearly flopping right over the other side of his head with each movement. What creature are you? Drizzt asked in the goblin tongue, the language that had worked with him with the knoll band. To his surprise, he found that the sprite understood, though his high-pitched blurred response came too quickly for Drizzt to even begin to understand. He gave the sprite a quick jerk to silence him, then growled, One word at a time. What is your name? Tephanus, the sprite said indignantly. Tephanus could move his legs a hundred times a second, but they didn't do him much good while he was suspended in the air. The sprite glanced down in the narrow ledge and saw his small dagger lying next to the dented plowshare. Driz Scimitar moved in dangerously. Did you kill the farmers? he asked bluntly. He almost struck in response to the sprite's ensuing chuckle. No, Tephanus said quickly. Who did? Ugulu, the sprite proclaimed. Tephanus pointed up the path and blurted out a stream of excited words. Drizzt managed to make out a few, Ugulu, waiting, and dinner, being the most disturbing of them. Drizzt didn't really know what he would do with the captured sprite. Tephanus was simply too fast for Drizzt to handle. He looked to Gwenhyver, sitting casually a few feet up the path, but the panther only yawned and stretched. Drizzt was about to come back with another question, to try and figure out where Tephanus fit into the whole scenario but the cocky sprite decided that he'd suffered enough of this encounter, his hand moving too fast for Driz to react. Tiphanus reached down into his boot, produced another knife, and slashed at Driz's already injured wrist. This time, the cocky sprite had underestimated his opponent. Driz could not match the sprite's speed, could not even follow the tiny darting dagger. As painful as the wounds were, though, Driz was too filled with rage to take note. He only tightened his grip on the sprite's collar and thrust his scimitar ahead. Even with such limited mobility, Tephanus was quick enough and nimble enough to dodge, laughing wildly all the while. The sprite struck back, digging a deeper cut into Driz's forearm. Finally, Driz chose a tactic that Tephanus could not counter, one that took the sprite's advantage away. He slammed Tephanus into the wall, then tossed the stunned creature off the cliff. Sometime later, Drizzt and Gwenhyver crouched in the brush at the base of a steep, rocky slope. At the top, behind carefully placed bushes and branches, lay a cave, and, every so often, goblin voices rolled out. Beside the cave, to the side of the sloping ground, was a steep drop. Beyond the cave, the mountain climbed on to an even greater angle. The tracks, though they were sometimes scarce on the bare stone, had led Drizzt and Gwenhyber to this spot. There could be no doubt that the monster who slaughtered the farmers was in this cave. Drizzt again fought with his decision to avenge the farmers' deaths. He would have preferred a more civilized justice, a lawful court. But what was he to do? He certainly could not go to the human villagers with his suspicions, nor to anyone else. Crouching in the bush, Driz thought again of the farmers, of the sandy-haired boy, of the pretty girl, barely a woman, and of the young man he had disarmed in the blueberry patch. Driz fought hard to keep his breathing steady. 
In the wild underdark he had sometimes given in to his instinctive urges, a darker side of himself that fought with brutal and deadly efficiency, and Driz could feel that alter ego welling within him once again. At first he tried to sublimate the rage, but then he remembered the lessons he had learned. This darker side was a part of him, a tool for survival, and was not altogether evil. It was necessary. Drizzt understood his disadvantage in the situation, however. He had no idea how many enemies he would encounter or even what type of monster they might be. He heard goblins, but the carnage at the farmhouse indicated that something much more powerful was involved. Drizzt's good judgment told him to sit and watch and learn more of his enemies. Another fleeting instant of remembrance, the scene at the farmhouse, threw that good judgment aside. Scimitar in one hand and Sprite's dagger in another, Drizzt stalked up the stony hill. He didn't slow when he neared the cave, but merely ripped the brush aside and walked straight in. Gwenhyver hesitated and watched from behind, confused by the drow's straightforward tactics. Tiphanus felt cool air brushing by his face and thought for a moment that he was enjoying some pleasant dream. The sprite came out of his delusion quickly, though, and realized that he was fast approaching the ground. Fortunately, Tiphanus was not far from the cliff. He sent his hands and feet spinning rapidly enough to produce a constant humming sound and clawed and kicked at the cliff in an effort to slow his descent. In the meantime, he began the incantations of a levitation spell, possibly the only thing that could save him. A few agonizingly slow seconds passed before the sprite felt his body buoyed by the spell. He still hit the ground hard, but he realized that his wounds were minor. Tifana stood relatively slowly and dusted himself off. His first thought was to go and warn Ulgulu of the approaching drow, but he reconsidered at once. He could not levitate up to the cave complex in time to warn the barjest, and there was only one path up the cliff face which the drow was on. Tifanus had no desire to face that one again. Ulgulu had not tried to cover his tracks at all. The Dark Elf had served the Barjest's needs. Now he planned to make a meal of Drizzt, one that might bring him into maturity and allow him to return to Gehenna. Ulgulu's two goblin guards were not too surprised at Drizzt's entrance. Ulgulu had told them to expect the drow and simply delay him out in the entry room until the Barjest could come and attend to him. The goblins halted their conversation abruptly, dropped their spears in a blocking cross over the curtain, and puffed out their scrawny chests, foolishly following their boss's instructions as Drizzt approached. "'None can go in,' one of them began. But then, in a single swipe of Drizzt's scimitar, both the goblin and its companion staggered down, clutching at their open throats. The spear barrier fell away, and Drizzt never even slowed as he stalked through the curtain. In the middle of the inner room, the drow saw his enemy, scarlet-skinned and giant-sized. The barjest waited with crossed arms and a wicked, confident grin. Drizzt threw the dagger and charged right in behind it. The throw saved the drow's life, for when the dagger passed harmlessly through the enemy's body, Drizzt recognized the trap. He came in anyway, unable to break his momentum, and his scimitar entered the image without finding anything tangible to cut into. The real barjest was behind the stone throne in the back of the room, using another power of his considerable magic repertoire. Kemfana had sent an image of himself into the middle of the room to hold the drow in place. Immediately, Driz's instincts told him that he had been set up. This was no real monster he faced, but an apparition meant to keep him in the open and vulnerable. The room was sparsely furnished. Nothing nearby offered any cover. 
Ugulu, levitating above the drow, came down quickly, lightly, softly behind him. The plan was perfect, and the target was right in place. Drizzed, his reflexes and muscles trained and honed to fighting perfection, sensed the presence and dove forward into the image as Ugulu launched a heavy blow. The barjest's huge hand only clipped Driz's floating hair, but that alone nearly ripped the drow head to the side. Driz half turned his body as he dove, rolling back to his feet facing Ulgulu. He met a monster even larger than the giant image, but that fact did nothing to intimidate the enraged drow. Like a stretched cord, Driz snapped straight back at the barjest. By the time Ugulu even recovered from his unexpected miss, Driz's lone scimitar had poked him three times in the belly and had dug a neat little hole under his chin. The barjest roared in rage, but was not too badly hurt, for Driz's drow-made weapon had lost most of its magic in the drow's time on the surface, and only magical weapons, such as Gwenhyver's claws and teeth, could truly harm a creature from Gehenna's rifts. The huge panther slammed onto the back of Ugulu's head with enough force to drop the bar jest face down on the floor. Never had Ugulu felt so much pain as Gwenhyver's claws raking across his head. Drizzt moved to join in when he heard a shuffle from the back of the room. Kempfana came charging out from behind the throne, bellowing in protest. It was Drizzt's turn to utilize some magic. He threw a globe of darkness in the scarlet-skinned barge's path, then dove in it himself, crouching on his hands and knees. Unable to slow, Kemfana roared in, stumbled over the braced drow, kicking Driz with enough force to blast the air from his lungs, and fell heavily out the other side of the darkness. Kemfana shook his head to clear it and planted his huge hands to rise. Driz was on the barge's back in no time, hacking away wildly with his vicious scimitar. Blood matted Kemfana's hair by the time he was able to brace himself enough to throw the drow off. He staggered to his feet dizzily and turned to face the drow. Across the room, Ugulu crawled and tumbled, rolled and twisted. The panther was too quick and too sleek for the giant's lumbering counters. A dozen gashes scarred Ugulu's face, and now Gwenhyver had its teeth clamped on the back of the giant's neck and all four paws raking at the giant's back. Ugulu had another option, though. Bones crackled and reformed. Ugulu's scarred face became an elongated snout filled with wicked canine teeth. Thick fur sprouted from all over the giant, fending off Gwenhyver's claw attacks. Flailing arms became kicking paws. Gwenhyver battled a gigantic wolf, and the panther's advantage was short-lived. Kempfana stalked in slowly, showing Drizzt new respect. You killed them all, Drizzt said in the goblin tongue, his voice so utterly cold that it stopped the scarlet-skinned barjest in his tracks. Kemfana was not a stupid creature. The barges recognized the explosive rage in this drow and had felt the sharp bite of the scimitar. Kemfana knew better than to walk straight in, so again he called upon his otherworldly skills. In the blink of an orange-burning eye, the scarlet-skinned barges was gone, stepping through an extra-dimensional door and reappearing right behind Drizzt. As soon as Kemfana disappeared, Drizzt instinctively broke to the side. The blow from behind came quicker, though, landing squarely on Drizzt's back and launching him across the room. Drizzt crashed into the base of one wall and came up into a kneel, gasping for his breath. Kempfana did stalk straight in this time. The drow had dropped his scimitar halfway to the wall, too far away for Drizzt to grasp. 
The great barjest wolf, nearly twice Gwenhyver's size, rolled over and straddled the panther. Great jaws snapped near Gwenhyver's throat and face, the panther battling wildly to hold them at bay. Gwenhyver could not hope to win an even fight against this wolf. The only advantage the panther retained was mobility. Like a black-shafted arrow, Gwenhyver darted out from under the wolf and tore the curtain. Ugulu howled and gave chase, ripping the curtain down and charging on toward the waning daylight. Gwenhyver came out of the cave as Ugulu tore through the curtain, pivoted instantly, and leaped straight up to the slopes above the entrance. When the giant wolf came out, the panther again crashed down on Ugulu's back and resumed its raking and slashing. Ugulu killed the farmers, not I. Kemfana growled as he approached. He kicked Drisemitar across to the other side of the room. Ugulu wants you, you who killed his gnolls, but... I shall kill you, drow warrior. I shall feast on your life force so that I may gain in strength. Drizzt, still trying to find his breath, hardly heard the words. The only thoughts that occurred to him were the images of the dead farmers, images that gave Drizzt courage. The bar jest drew near and Drizzt snapped a vile gaze upon him, a determined gaze not lessened in the least by the drow's obvious desperate situation. Kemfana hesitated at the sight of those narrowed, burning eyes, and the barges delay brought Drizzt all the time he needed. He'd fought giant monsters before, most notably hook horrors. Always, Drizzt scimitars had ended those battles. But for his initial strikes, he had every time used his own body. The pain in his back was no match for his mounting rage. He rushed out from the wall, remaining in a crouch, and dove through Kemfana's legs, spinning and catching a hole behind the barges' knee. Kemfana, unconcerned, lurched down to grab the squirming drow. Drizzt eluded the giant's grasp long enough to find some leverage. Still, Kemfana accepted the attacks as a mere inconvenience. When Drizzt put the bar just off balance, Kemfana willingly toppled, meaning to crush the wiry little elf. Again, Drizzt was too quick for the bar just. He twisted out from under the falling giant, put his feet back under him, and sprinted for the opposite end of the chamber. No, you shall not, Kemfana bellowed, crawling then running in pursuit. Just as Driz scooped up his scimitar, giant arms wrapped around him and easily lifted him off the ground. Crush you and bite you, Kemfana roared, and indeed Driz heard one of his ribs crack. He tried to wiggle around to face his foe, then gave up on the notion, concentrating instead on freeing his sword arm. Another rib snapped. Kemfana's huge arms tightened. The barges did not want to simply kill the drow, though, realizing the great gains toward maturity he could make by devouring so powerful an enemy, by feeding on Driz's life force. Bite you, drow! The giant laughed. Feast! Driz grasped his scimitar in both hands with strength inspired by the images of the farmhouse. He tore the weapon loose and snapped it straight back over his head. The blade entered Kemfana's open, eager mouth and dove down the monster's throat. Driz twisted it and turned it. Kemfana whipped about wildly, and Driz's muscles and joints nearly ripped apart under the strain. The drow had found his focus, though. The scimitar hilt, and he continued to twist and turn. Kemfana went down heavily, gurgling and rolled onto Drizzt, trying to squash the life out of him. Pain began to seep into Drizzt's consciousness. No, he cried, grabbing at the image of the sandy-haired boy, slain in his bed. Still, 
Driz twisted and turned the blade. The gurgling continued, and a wheezing sound of air racing through the choking blood. Driz knew that this battle was won when the creature above him no longer moved. Driz wanted only to curl up and find his breath, but told himself that he was not yet finished. He crawled out from under Kemphana, wiped the blood, his own blood, from his lips, unceremoniously ripped the scimitar free of Kemphana's mouth, and retrieved his dagger. He knew that his wounds were serious, could prove fatal if he didn't attend to them immediately. His breath continued to come in forced, bloody gasps. It didn't concern him, though, for Ugulu, the monster who had killed the farmers, still lived. Gwenhyver sprang from the giant wolf's back, again finding a tenuous footing on the steep slope above the cave entrance. Ulgulu spun, snarling, and leaped up at the panther, clawing and raking at the stones in an effort to get higher. Gwenhyver leaped out over the barge-just wolf, pivoted immediately, and slashed at Ulgulu's backside. The wolf spun, but Gwenhyver leaped by, again to the slope. The game of hit-and-run went on for several moments, Gwenhyver striking, then darting away. Finally, though, the wolf anticipated the panther's dodge. Ugulu brought the leaping panther down in its massive jaws. Gwenhyver squirmed and tore free, but came up near the steep gorge. Ugulu hovered over the cat, blocking any escape. Drizd exited the cave as the great wolf bore down, pushing Gwenhyver back. Pebbles rolled out into the gorge. The panther's back legs slipped and then clawed back, trying to find a hold. Even mighty Gwenhyver could not hold out against the weight and strength of the barjest wolf, Drizzt knew. Drizzt saw immediately that he could not get the great wolf off Gwenhyver in time. He pulled out the Ankh's figurine and tossed it near the combatants. Be gone, Gwenhyver, he commanded. Gwenhyver normally would not desert its master at such a time of great danger, but the panther understood what Drizzt had in mind. Ugulu bore in powerfully, determinedly driving Gwenhyver from the ledge. Then the beast was pushing only intangible vapors. Ugulu lurched forward and scrambled wildly, kicking more stones and the ox figurine into the gorge. Overbalanced, the wolf could not find a hold, and then Ugulu was falling. Bones popped again, and the canine fur thinned. Ugulu could not enact a levitation spell in his canine form. Desperate, the barges concentrated, reaching for his goblinoid form. The wolf maw shortened into a flat-featured face, paws thickened and reformed into arms. The half-transformed creature didn't make it, but instead cracked onto the stone. Drizzt stepped off the ledge and into a levitation spell, moving down slowly and close to the rocky wall. As it had before, the spell soon died away. Drizzt bounced and clawed through the last twenty feet of the fall, coming to a hard stop at the rocky bottom. He saw the barges twitching only a few feet away and tried to rise in defense, but darkness overwhelmed him. Drews could not know how many hours had passed when a thunderous roar awakened him some time later. It was dark now and a cloudy night. Slowly, the memories of the encounter came back to the dazed and injured drow. To his relief, he saw that Ugulu lay still on the stone beside him, half a goblin and half a wolf, obviously quite dead. A second roar, back up by the cave, turned the drow toward the ledge high above him. There stood Laggerbottoms, the hill giant, returned from a hunting trip and outraged by the carnage that he had found. Driz knew, as soon as he managed to crawl to his feet, that he could not fight another battle this day. He searched around for a moment, found the Ankh's figurine, and dropped it into his pouch. He wasn't too concerned for Gwenhyver. He'd seen the panther through worse calamities, caught in the explosion of a magical wand, 
pulled into the astral plane of Earth by an enraged elemental, even dropped into a lake of hissing acid. The figurine appeared undamaged, and Drizzt was certain that Gwenhyver was now comfortably at rest in its astral home. Drizzt, however, could afford no such rest. Already the giant had began picking its way down the rocky slope. With a final look to Ugulu, Drizzt felt a sense of vengeance that did little to defeat the agonizing bitter memories of the slaughtered farmers. He set off, moving farther into the wild mountains, running from the giant and from his guilt.